Welcome, this is Beyond the Here and Now. I'm your host, Antonia Lal. And I want to remind the audience, this is the show that will take you a moment to wrap your heads around new thought, new thinking, new ideology than you've been taught to think and to believe about yourself, the world around you, and your place in it. Today's topic, we're going to talk about the vanishing financial systems around the world. Now, how do we get to this point today? Where did it all take place that it would have this decided impact on our entire world as it is today? Well, if you can think back to ancient times, when a goat, you raised your goat, you took it to market, and you raised several goats, so you would have your own for your family's use, for milk and cheese and all that sort of thing, and then meat and then you would peel off a couple every season or so so you could exchange that for other foods at the market. But it began to be a time where people couldn't carry their goats or cow their oxen so they started to exchange in what was metal coins or coinage that would represent what that goat would be worth or what that market item would be worth. And so that was easier than carrying the goat or the cow or the ox in the, in the uh, pocket. So they would carry it in their money pouches. And then, lo and behold, it, it, it was different denominations for each thing. So people started to say, well, instead of carrying all that heavy coinage in our pouch and loading it up in trunks and carrying it on, uh, how could I say it, uh, carriages and all that stuff, why don't we, the bank decided to come along and state, we're going to bank it for you. Why don't we hold your big lugging amounts of treasury and coinage in your bags and pouches and, and treasure chests? We'll just hold it here. This vault is safe in our little vault. And we'll give you this exchange of script or paper, and it's for the exact denomination of gold you have here. So you can always come and get your gold if you want, but we'll hold so you won't have to lug it from place to place when you travel from town to town, village to village. And everybody will know, because we've already okayed it with the, the village heads and the government heads and the, the town councils, that everybody will exchange this, because they know it means that you have this much coinage in gold and silver, copper brass, right back here. That's what the bank was for. It was a vault. And one private person or citizen or a few had said, we're going to hold this vault. And so several of those few businessmen got together and they thought, oh, this is really good. We're holding all the money. And they trust us. So lo and behold, when we came to the Americas, when the Americas were founded, they were breaking away, so to speak, from the United Kingdom or Great Britain. They decided that we needed to have money here in the United States. But we didn't have much. So they started to write script that would mean that you owed this person this much for what exchange or serviced. But all the little 13 colonies, very tiny at the time, all had their own script, their own denominations, their own monetary values. So it got kind of jumbled for a while because one script wasn't accepted in another, how can I say it, of the colonies, and the other would, and some wouldn't. So it became to be an unfair exchange going from county to county because the first American colonies were quite tiny. So this is how the large banking system ended up deciding that, well, you know, we're in place here in Europe. We're doing really well, haven't we? And at that time when we were building our founding, our founding fathers, or other, we're building our country, the banking system was already steady and vault system was strong by private banking citizens, or very few, or five, especially with the Rothschild family, in Europe, it had been going for at least a hundred years. But underneath, our founding fathers were also aware that they had been malicious with those banking systems. Because Herr Rothschild had decided that he would tell everyone that was part of his banking system that if we control a country's monetary system, we can control the world. So they started gambling with everybody's money, betting on this war, that war. They didn't say which, they didn't care which side, they backed them both because they would make more money, more profit from it. And they had glee in this. They could decide who was to win those wars, who was to lose. Points of power, positions were exchanged. In this way, they started to control, and Rothschild knew it. He bore five sons, and each son he had placed for their education 
in a different country in Europe. One in France, one in Germany. So they could all grow up and run that country's monetary system under that large mantle of the One World Bank, so to speak. Five families still own that bank to this day. And it's still a private bank. And they've been swindling, stealing, using, profiteering, suppressing with your money all this entire time. Now, there is a saying that we know in, in, in the United States, absolute power corrupts absolutely. You see, the system has been in place for a couple hundred in place for a couple of hundred years. So, back to the founding fathers. They were busy building a country, building their own independence, getting it all together. So they would all get together after building the Constitution. And unfortunately, Thomas Jefferson warned, because the banks knocked on the door of the founding fathers, hey, you're busy over there building the country. Why don't we just handle your monetary system? Thomas Jefferson said no and rallied against them. Do you understand what they've done to control and dominate in, in Europe? Do you want the same problem here? And so the founding fathers argued Thomas Jefferson and said, well, do you understand? You know, we're busy. We've got all this stuff to do. Militia, this, that, and the other. We, we can't handle that. Let them handle it. Well, Thomas Jefferson said, okay, just let them handle it for 30 years. That's it. And once we get on our feet, then that's it, because that was a proposal from the bank. Oh, we'll just take it and start it for you. We'll just hold it for 30 years, and, and then we'll let it go. Then you can have it. It'll be yours and running. All right? And so the founding fathers said, okay, Thomas. And Thomas said, well, then fine. Make sure that it's going to end in that 30-year period from 1776 for 30 years. And it ended after that 30-year period. The United States colonies took it back. However... Right around 1905 to 1913, the strong consortium of that bank by the Rothschilds family, Rockefeller, Rothschild, several, three others, you can look it up on Wikipedia if you'd like, who owns that banking system. Well, sure enough, they were very still powerful in Europe, and so they came back to the United States at the turn of the century, 1905 to 1913, and said to our Congress, Hi. You know, you're busy expanding and growing your boundaries and your industrial quality of civilization here. Why don't you go ahead and let us just, you know, take over that monetary system, you know? We do a good job in Europe. And our Congress bowed again and said, okay. So, they installed themselves once again in our banking systems. By 1930, 13 actually, they had created... Not only their main bank, or the Federal Reserve, which is their private bank, it never was part of our government. The Federal Reserve, to create the money, they also created the IRS, because that was to collect their debt, so they created the IRS, still not a government function. Amazing. And then they promptly decided to do the same thing, the manipulation of money. So by 1913, the banks closed. Everybody had their money in there. No, 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 you couldn't get it. There was a run in the bank. Closed down. Sorry. Oh, there was a, been a big issue about, you know, getting your government out of debt. So, oh, sorry. And they took everybody's money in the banks in 1913. So the manipulation was great through the monetary system. They continue to manipulate, as they do today, to manipulate the Stock exchange. So 1929, we had the stock market crash. Amazing. Now remember, this same banking consortium from Europe had supplied every war for a couple hundred years with money. Back both sides. They dominated and they noticed that they made a profit every time they had war. From all those wars in Europe to the Spanish-American War, they profit by. They were profiteers. They're in business for profit. So, all lo and behold, everybody's stock market crashes, things go down, the depression hits, but not just the United States, the entire world. And in 1933, to get everything back on track, they came and said, you know, we're going to need money to back all this, um, you know, debt you have here. So, they made and passed a law that everyone had to turn in their gold in the United States. Gold wedding bands, gold watches, gold anything, candlesticks, gold jewelry, had to be turned in. This went through several countries of this way at different times, but 
That was what happened here in the 1993. So they passed out. No, no, your money, your gold's going to be okay. We're just going to use it because we have to pay off these debts. But we're going to give you, oh, a bill that says actually a gold certificate that says you have this much gold that we're holding for you. And so everybody complied because it was against the law. You could be arrested if you didn't turn in your gold. So they gave their wedding bands. They gave their gold teeth. They whatever it was. Just blindly just gave it. And the private banking family just kind of laughed. We did it again. <laughs> we did it again. Well, in 1996, or 19, sorry, 1976, they decided to take the American dollar off the gold standard. No more would it be back. So it's all been what I call Kleenex all this time. Toilet paper. Worthless dollars. All this time. And the money that they said, or the gold that they were holding that was supposed to be in Fort Knox, has not been in Fort Knox all this time. We can go on because there was large amounts of monies in the vaults in the Twin Towers. And lo and behold, just before that little incident of 9-11, just the week before, a janitor that was assigned to the lower levels saw, because there's a road that went from the Twin Towers across the street underneath the ground to the other buildings on the other side. He saw a large truck with men all dressed in black and holding guns. And they had large quantities, what looked like gold, on there. And he says, may I help you? And they said, step one foot forward and you're dead. That was just a couple of days before 9-11. And that money or gold, those large amounts in trucks, actually bullion, was moved through that tunnel that goes underground from the ten towers across the way. So they've been playing with your dollars and money and laughing all this time. So we talk about the 1% and how nice. Because because of our blind trust, we have allowed this to come to place. So every corporation has taken advantage of us. And we, unfortunately, it trickles all the way down to us, where it really starts, have in many cases taken advantage of one another. It cost literally 24 cents to make a Liz Claiborne jacket somewhere out of the United States that is sold for $300 here in the States. So something has happened with the money. There was someone that recognized that if he had a gold coin in 1976, he could buy a really well-made tailored suit, a very nice suit, for one gold coin. Today, you can still purchase a really nice, well-tailored, well-made suit for one gold coin. But if you do that in dollars, U.S. or any other dollars, you're going to be a bushel full, bags full, compared to what you paid in 1976. So the devaluation has been down for the U.S. dollar, down to 91%. Other governments, their money has devalued considerably. So you have not watched very carefully your chosen and elected government, which is also a consensus of your thinking, your attitude and approach, to make your dollars dwindle. And so today it fits right into their plan to make you financially or fiscally poor. And it's working. They've taken your homes. That was a plan. There are no mistakes on the planet. This was a plan by that same group of consortium. And now they're paid back those big banks that stole all those homes. Oh my goodness. They've been having to pay reparation just recently, in the last few weeks, of billions of dollars, those big banks, five of them. Mm -hmm. And they're paying back the states. Very tiny amounts are going to the people where the foreclosures happen for their expenses that they use, 16000 for their displacement and cost of living. Oh, how cute. But the states get that money. Not you. Not I. The states get billions of dollars. And those homes, my, my, they've been sitting on blocks just empty, untended, not taken care of. They're blight on everybody's block. So they're razzing them. They're tearing them down. While you stay bunked in your family's house, your friend's house. So we've let this happen based on our ignorance. Because the system of money was never fair on the planet ever before and never will be again. It has always been an unfair system, and unfortunately in the hands of criminals and thieves of the highest level, that we just let take it, take it, 
There's a commercial on TV about how the time the cable company is just taking your money and everybody just talks about it on the phone as they let the thieves come through the house, yes, thank you, and take their wallets out of their pocket. That's literally what we've done without recognizing it because of blind trust. Well, we shan't be blind any longer because we're becoming in this period of time more closely aware. So that's why you see Occupy This and That because we're venting. We're recognizing and realize that this is unfair. So the monetary system has always been unfair. A basis of compassionate, a com compassionate consumption has to be placed somewhere into our systems worldwide. This is Beyond the Here Now. I'm your host, Antonia Lau, and we'll be back in just a moment. Why is crime out of control in L.A.? I don't know. I, I don't know. Because they don't have the Burbank police. Hats off to our hardworking men and women of law enforcement. Okay, guys, you can stop running that radar gun when I get off work. 20 years ago, the Americans with Disabilities Act was signed into law. It helped renew the promise that here in America, we're defined not by our limitations, but by our potential. As we celebrate the 20th anniversary of this historic legislation, it's important to remember that we're still fulfilling that promise. We've come a long way since 1990, and I'm committed to making even more progress in the years ahead. Visit disability.gov to see how you can help. Brought to you by the American Association of People with Disabilities and the Ad Council. If you're a veteran of Iraq or Afghanistan, like me, coming home can be harder than expected. But it turns out I wasn't alone. At IAVA.org, there's a free online community of thousands of vets who've got your back. Whether it's managing the transition home or everyday stuff like finding a nice sweater for my dog. Sweater? Okay, maybe not that. Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America is there for you. Join our community at IAVA.org. We've got your back. Brought to you by IAVA and the Ad Council. <laughs> You've worked hard on your music, your band, and now you want to show the world what you got. Time to promote your music. Time to promote your band. We're ELSproductions.com with prices and packages for all your band and music promo needs. We specialize in short-run CD and DVD duplication with packaging to make your project look like major label releases. Our turnaround time is three to five days, and rush orders are done at a fair rush fee. Our pricing is very competitive, and our website has an online quote system to get pricing for your project 24-7, with no sign-in info required. So, don't get ripped off by the big guys. We're a small company with a personalized touch to every project. So you can call and talk to a live person at 800-927-3472, 800-927-3472, or go to ELSproductions.com. That's ELSproductions.com. Mention KYHY and get 25 free posters or a free barcode with your order. And we're back. This is, of course, Beyond the Here and Now. I'm your host, Antonia Lau. And today's topic, we've been talking about the unsay, un, actually, the, how can I say this and say it nicely? The unfair monetary system that is now being dismantled. And I'm very happy to have my online guest today, Kim Marie, astrologer, evolutionary astrologer, which is quite different from the, the normal or the commonplace astrology that we might see in the Sunday paper. Kim Marie, thank you for being with us today. It's my pleasure, Antonia. And Kim Marie, for the audience or our listeners, can you explain just a bit about what evolutionary astrology is or how it differs? Evolutionary astrology is a spiritually based astrology. However, it's a spirituality that's based upon natural laws, which are easily observable in nature, they're timeless, they're universal. And so we use the natural language of astrology as we see it out there in our solar system, as above, as below, as without, as within. We use evolutionary astrology to help us return to more natural ways rather than some of the 
human-made systems we've been speaking about here in your first segment. So, Kimberly, you do that by tracking the planetary changes and aspects that affect us and people don't understand. And I like to give the example of the moon because people kind of know how the moon affects us. They know that we, it, it you know, has the ebbs and tides of the ocean it affects and migratory patterns are, are affected by the seasons and certain planetary positions. And when there's a full moon, we have more emotions, good or bad, loving or angry, um, die, you know, Doctors know that there's more blood or bleeding during a surgery than in any other time when there's a full moon. So it has an impact, what I call an impact on us. It's not a physical impact, but it hits exactly what you said, that spiritual side of ourselves and the physical side of the earth and the mental capacity to think properly. So you, in evolutionary astrology, if I might say, you're tracking those patterns throughout time and how they affect us in all those ways. And so today we were talking about that financial quality and so we can actually project and see based on the natural law of movement of those planets what we may be looking into now and so can you shed a little light on uh, for that uh, for us literally on that one sure sure the 12 archetypes of astrology the 12 signs they're based into the four elements fire earth air and water and Earth is known as the physical element, where we want to be in the physical world, practical, building, accumulating resources. And the three signs that are of the element Earth are Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. And in 2008, the planet Pluto, which in evolutionary astrology um, relates to the soul on an individual basis and the collective soul of any group of people, the collective soul of human consciousness. In 2008, the planet Pluto moved into the sign of Capricorn in the tropical zodiac. Now, who of us doesn't recognize what happened in 2008 and the collapse of these two big defail banks, the collapsing of our monetary um, supply of whatever we consider to be our medium of exchange. Currently in the United States, the Federal Reserve note. We can all just observe that easily. And so we have Pluto moving through the sign of Capricorn for the next 15 years. And oh, by the way, it takes Pluto approximately 248 years to move around the zodiac <laughs> through all 12 signs. <laughs> and it was 250 years ago, just shy here, in 1776, when our founders <laughs> declared their independence, and Pluto was at 27 degrees uh, Capricorn. <laughs> and I had the no United idea. This is going to have a, a full return here in um, 2022. Now, when I was guided to that example, I had no clue of Pluto's placement at that time. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm listening to you, and I'm going, oh, what a lovely topic. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> One Pluto cycle later, and this is the opportunity we have to wake up. I, I have a couple of things that I want to feed into what you said. Um we can all also remember back in the 1960s and all of the uprisings that went on in the younger generations, mm -hmm. the Vietnam War, um, the, the, the students, you know, the, the younger generations are inherently set to create rebellion against older generations. That's part of natural law. Uh. And evolution. Well, in the 1960s, we had two planets. We had Uranus, which is the deconditioner, the upset, the liberator, um, right smack dab in the sky with Pluto. In those days, they were in Virgo, and so they initiated a brand new 127-year cycle of liberating our souls, both on an individual and a collective level. Well, following your example with the phases of the sun and the moon, we all know first quarter moon, full moon. Mm -hmm. Well, Uranus has now moved a quarter of the way around the circle from Pluto. Mm -hmm. And 
Uranus is now first quarter phase to Pluto, um, and so that first quarter is known as a crisis in action. <laughs> and what is it going to act upon? Those things that were initiated when they were together in the 1960s. There was rebellion against authority. There was rebellion against what we were doing to the environment. Um, we didn't hear that much about the economic systems, but it was there in those seed thoughts. Now, here we are in the 20 teens, and in 2012 through 2015, Uranus in Aries, starting over, brand new cycle of breaking free and rebellion, rebelling. It's, it's one quarter from Pluto and Capricorn, the authority figures, the haves, the have-nots. Oh, by the way, Capricorn and Cancer are the two cancerous opposite Capricorn on the zodiacal wheel. Capricorn can be those authority figures. They're mm -hmm. classic when we want to look at it as the money lenders and who has control of the gold and the money. Mm -hmm. Cancer, the opposite, is the family, the community, the small guy. Uh. And the, you will find when you look at any charts that deal with the money lenders, using those words broadly, you will always find Cancer Capricorn in those astrological charts. But here's Uranus one quarter of the way around the circle from Pluto and Capricorn, seven squares between oh. 2012 and 2015. Uh. We will see the rebellion of the youth come out again. We've already seen it. Mm -hmm. Pluto went in, or excuse me, Uranus went into Aries in um, uh, March of 2011, we not only had the um, uh, uh, earthquake in Japan, we had Arab Spring, mm -hmm. which then we also saw by fall with the Occupy movement. These movements are not going to go away. They're only going to continue to build and build and build through the rest of this decade. And there are a lot of these young ones. There's enough of them. And now we've got the Internet. Uranus rules the internet and mass um. communications. We've got enough people that are starting to recognize that we have corrupt, corrupt mm -hmm. monetary systems. Mm -hmm. We only have a handful of countries in the world left who have what we call public banking systems, mm. where the control of the country's monetary system is by the government. The government creates its own money with no interest. <laughs> we only have a handful of those countries left. Guess what? One of them was Libya. Mm. Why do we have to go <laughs> in and support Libya mm. and not other countries? Mm -hmm. So, one of the things that we did that did not make it into the press when the United States and other countries supported taking down Gaddafi. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying anything about him as a citizen. Right. Yes, there were he, he was very corrupt, but he bought he built the largest um, water plant in the world to uh, desulfify the water and make it available to the public. <laughs> his his public central banking system was so good that when people got married, they got a five thousand dollar equivalent, five thousand U.S. dollars as a monetary gift from the government when they marry. You're kidding. We don't hear this in the news. Oh. So, again, I, I am, I'll try not to wander here, this big backdrop of Pluto and Capricorn. Every time Pluto's in Capricorn, we see these extremes in whatever the monetary systems are between the haves and the have-nots. Hmm. We see this in the U.S. with the corporate CEOs and those who run the big banks and the public that is looking at unemployment and being um, thrown out of their homes. By the way, in the 1930s, we had Pluto in Cancer, the opposite of Capricorn. Mm -hmm. By the way, in 1905, leading up to 1913, with the Federal Reserve Act, mm -hmm. when all of the European bankers, our history of the United States has been based upon fighting over who's going to control the monetary supply, the ability to make country, when it was put into the Constitution that the government has that power, the government gave the power away in 1913. Yes. Well, in from, from 1906 to 
1909 when the European bankers were doing all of the funny works with our money systems in the United States. We had Uranus, the deconditioner in Capricorn. We had Neptune, which is spirituality, spirituality on the broadest levels possible. And when we're not in touch with natural spirituality, we're disillusioned. We had Neptune in Cancer. We had, I think it was, nine Uranus-Neptune oppositions in Capricorn Cancer from 1906 to 1909. Wow. So history is full of this Cancer-Capricorn paradigm polarity in the Zodiac whenever there's shenanigans going on with the money. But oh, by the way, we can also take that power back whenever these outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto are in Cancer, Capricorn, or their squares, Aries, Libra. We're going to pause on that just for a moment. We'll be back with uh, talk about your money in just a moment. Indy100.com and we're back. This is, of course, Beyond the Here and Now. I'm your host, Antonia Lau. You can find more information about me and my guest at www.inthesecretgarden.com. That's www.inthesecretgarden.com. And today's topic, we've been talking about the financial crunch with my online guest, Kim Marie, about your money and what's been happening based on evolutionary astrology and advanced a form of astrology, looking at it from natural law or divine law. And Kim Marie, you were saying just before the break, uh, this breakdown dovetailing into these aspects that happen, and uh, basically what's happening to us today. Yes, exactly. Here we are with Pluto and Capricorn all over again. We have Uranus and Aries, those seven squares 2012 to 2015 where they're creating all the financial tensions that's going out there and it's a fantastic opportunity for truth to be revealed and one of the truths that we need to understand is very simple the difference between a private central banking system that's owned by private corporations and lends money to a government at interest and the government is always required to come up with more money to pay back the interest. Yes. That sets up what we call a natural Ponzi scheme. Yes. Sooner or later, it collapses in upon itself, and this is where the United States is heading. We're going to find out within the next decade we can't pay the interest alone with Correct. the money we take in through our income taxes on our citizens that we did not need until we created a private central banking system. Correct. The other option is a public central banking system where the government creates its own money interest-free. And when a government does that, if it puts the money back into the infrastructure, back into the citizens being productive, making goods and services, then we do not have the inflation, the word they're trying to scare us with today. Right. The inflation today in the United States is because we've shipped so much of our jobs outside. Yes. We can't control the price of oil. We can't control the price of all the food we import. We can't control the price of all the goods we import. Now, one of the greatest hopes, one of the little-known secrets is the last time Pluto was in Cancer, just the opposite of where it was now. That was from 1912-13 to 1938-39. Mm -hmm. Back then, there was, again, all the early, the, the, the beginnings of the 20th century, there was a lot of people in the Northern Plains, which, by the way, is where I'm from and live. <laughs> there were a lot of people in the Northern Plains that were fighting what we called the robber barons, the railroads yes. that were coming through. And so there was one state in the United States, North Dakota, and there was one province in Canada, Alberta. Yes. When Pluto was in Cancer, created their own Bank of North Dakota, Bank of Alberta, doing business only for the state. And they passed in their constitutions that all of the assets of their state province and all of the income had to be deposited into their own bank. Hmm. So the bank 
operated, for instance, for the state of North Dakota. Mm -hmm. and, and as it took in the, the incomes, right. it would reloan that money back out, building up the citizens. Um, in North Dakota, they, they, they became liaisons to local private banks that loaned to the farmers. Uh, that loan to the colleges so the students didn't have to pay so much to go to school. They're doing it today. Oh, wow. Everybody says North Dakota and Alberta get their money from the oil. Yes, they're getting some money there. But there were a lot of years during the last century when oil was not profitable. Mm -hmm. North Dakota, with 700,000 citizens, is sitting on $1.3 billion dollars in cash <laughs> in the state of in the bank of North Dakota <laughs> that's the multiplier effect when a government entity and this is what's catching on in the United States uh, and elsewhere when a, when a, when a government and, and a municipality can create a bank a state can create a bank a county can create a bank a province can any government entity and the laws of the United States and probably Canada, can create their own banks. And then they can lend out money at lower interest rates, but the interest comes back, and it goes to the good of the people. Now, if I may, I'd like to state two websites for our listeners. One of them is webofdebt.com mm -hmm. by Ellen Brown, and she has a book out by the same name. Oh, my gosh. She is probably one of the best people in the world explaining this in simplified terms for everybody and how we can go forth with this. She also was one of the founders of uspublicbanking.org. uspublicbanking.org. Mm -hmm. This is the nonprofit organization that is collecting all the information about all the state legislatures in the United States that are starting to bring forth legislation trying to create state banks. Wow. So while it looks so, while it looks like a, a David and Goliath fight to try and expose the Federal Reserve, it's only a matter of time that's going to happen. Axe always falls on the tallest tree. Yes. They, 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 they are a self-destructive system the way they set up the monetary yes. supply in the United States. So as we see this movement on a grassroots level, this is what has the potential to um, take off throughout the rest of this decade. Wow. Now, if I may also toot my own horn, Mm -hmm. um, if people want more information on this from Please. the perspective of evolutionary astrology, my website is evolutionaryastrology.net, and I'm in process of teaching a 13-week course on Pluto in Capricorn and how each of us can take our own power back financially. Now, they can and find on that website, they can uh, find the information for that course, and it's also yes. on my website as well as a link to your website. So, yes, yes. I would s encourage if they want to learn more, that's excellent. <laughs> I mean, there is hope. There is so much hope. And as the masses recognize this, we can beat the moneylenders at their own game. This is about time. It's interesting because uh, we realize we can see those little ratio um, graphs online right now of money. Uh, how can I say it? How it's been displaced. It used to be that the head of a corporation made uh, no more than 60 times what the person at the bottom did. Actually, I think it was 10 times what the person at the top. 10 to 12. 10 to 12. Correct. And now it's 430% more than the person at the bottom. Yes. So yes. it's a, that the disparaging difference that has created this stretch. And also the powers that be are trying to make sure for their 
other heinous plans that they want to make sure that we are beholden to their new rules, their new regulations, so they can dominate control more through this. But what I like is what you're saying is with our conscious awareness and opening and our, how can I say it, our, our eyes opening, we can defeat this. We can open up this time. If we don't, we, if, 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 the, if the public does not wake up, we will see a, a depression, a slump, un, that, that will make the Great Depression of the 1930s look like a joke. Because again, you look at the United States, we are dominating on a monetary basis. The Europeans were very successful in coming in behind the scenes, as we talked earlier, and they, they moved their financial centers from Europe to Wall Street Yes, over the last century. So we dominate. But when we set it up as a system where a private entity loans the government its own money, and the government has to pay it back at interest, yes, and it's compounded interest, which means we charge interest on the interest. Yes. We charge interest on the principal and the interest we haven't paid back yet. It creates this, this bell curve, this line that slowly curves upward and then at some point spikes upward. And when it spikes upward, it means that the accumulation of interest on interest gets to be so much you collapse the system, you can't pay it back. Basically, it costs them ten, or actually nine cents now to give us that dollar. We pay them ninety-one cents back for use of that dollar. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And so this is why um, either this is why they keep creating. This is why we we've created the the, the banking bubble. Yes. Of the um, Silicon Valley bubble. Why we create all? If you look in history at all these different bubbles where they'll they'll expand that money supply and the money interest behind that will sometimes do it deliberately yes. because then they'll collapse it deliberately yes. and then they can buy everything up and take the power and the control. They have done this in countries in Central America and South America where they had deliberately collapsed the monetary supply so the government was trying to set up for itself so that the private interest could come in and take the control. Yes. So the question is, is how many more Pluto and Capricorn cycles? Pluto's in Capricorn every 250 years for 15 years at a time. And we can look at the oppositions in the squares, in the circle. How many more of these Pluto and Capricorn cycles will we have before it gets to such an extreme that the public can't can't support it anymore. Yes. We've broken our backs. Yes. Now, let me take this back and simplify it because truth is simple. In astrology, the twelve signs sit across of each sit across each other on the circle. So when you take a circle and you divide it by two, you have what we call the law of polarity. So the twelve signs go back and forth on the law of polarity, active, passive masculine, feminine, energy moving out, energy moving in. So when we take that basic law of polarity, we can say manifestation, unmanifestation. When we take that law of polarity, one of the ways we've simplified it in language is what we will call patriarchal versus matriarchal. Mm -hmm. And if we look at money, we can either have matriarchal abundancy or patriarchal scarcity. Uh. Matriarchy is energy that is inclusive. Patriarchy is energy that is exclusive. Ah, I see. And as we've looked back over the last two to 5,000 years, mm -hmm. we've had these patriarchal principles take over ancient matriarchal natural principles that have been in existence tens, hundreds of thousands of years. Now, there's a balance between matriarchy, patriarchy. we got to have one of each. We're not going to be here long if we wipe out half of the human race and do away with one of the genders. Right. But we've got to have a balance between the matriarchy, patriarchy. Right. And so this is what's up for 
review at the ending of the Piscean Age. As we're moving into the Aquarian Age, these 2,000 year ages where we have the procession of the equinox, I won't get complicated here, mm -hmm. but when we get to one of the ends of these 2,000 year ages, there's a three to 500 year time period where everything from that age accelerates and is reviewed and we either project it forward or we break away into the new. Yeah, and yeah. if there's ever a symbol to break free, it's Aquarius. That's right. <laughs> if, there's, if there's ever a symbol of disillusionment and disparity, it's Pisces. There's no, there was no greater martyr than Jesus on the cross entering in the Piscean age. But are we going to continue to see us as martyrs and inferior, or are we going to reach for the Aquarian equality? Yes. The message of the Aquarian age is unity in diversity. The equality coming back between matriarchal and patriarchal. So how do we, how do we create a system that, that, that where we're all better together, that supports the least of us, all of us, while at the same time, we still reward the innovation. We reward innovation at the expense of the masses today, and yes. we, can, we can't continue to do that. The, 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 the worshiping of patriarchal principles is going to collapse us. We're going to pause in just a moment. We'll be back. Indy 100. And we're back. This is, of course, Beyond the Here and Now. I'm your host, Antonia Lau. And remember, you can find more about me uh, and what I do on my website. And all my guests are listed there as well. All their links, so you can always have that as your treasure trove, at inthesecretgarden.com. I'm so happy to have my guest once again, Kim Marie, evolutionary astrologer extraordinaire. And she, we've been talking about the topic of mm, the monetary system, the breakdown and the corruption of your money, and how we can come out of this in the last segment. So, Kim Marie, you gave us, there is hope with this great change upon us. There is hope if we can move forward. Um, how can I say this? If we look into the, the structures of the Bank of North Dakota, as well as Alberta, and see that it's actually been a fair system. At the beginning of the show, I talked about the, uh, how can I say it, the uh, compassion or compassionate consumption that has to take place. So when we see our ball players getting millions of dollars and our teachers getting a paltry small amounts, there's something very disingenuous, very unfair, unjust about that system. So that's all changing, according uh, to Kim Marie, with the astrology as well as what we see around us. So thank you for showing us that. It's been my pleasure. <laughs> um, I'm going to return to the chart of the United States. Okay. And, of course, we talked about Pluto representative of the soul, and the United States was born with Pluto in Capricorn. And Capricorn is an earth sign that many times relates to authority figures, and we see it wanting to have control of resources. And so many times if you look at private money lenders charts, you will see um, a preponderance of Capricorn or its uh, polarity cancer um, that has always come out during times of are we going to share the resources or are we going to steal the resources of any collective group of people. In the United States, when they were um, battling over the control of the monetary supply in the early 1900s, the United States has sudden cancer, July 4th. Hmm. Mom, apple pie, uh, you know, the, the little thing mm -hmm. to go with that. As a matter of fact, the United States has four planets in cancer. One of them is Mercury, the planet of communications, and it opposes that Pluto in Capricorn. So there have been communications that have been less than honest in this country. Mm -hmm. It continues to this day. Mm -hmm. um, as we look at these Uranus-Pluto squares that I alluded to earlier, they're going to have a very, very strong impact on the United States chart. There's going to be opportunities for more lies. 
but there's also going to be opportunities for the truth to come out. Mm -hmm. And again, here's the beauty of defending the freedom of the Internet. You can disagree with what someone says, but give him his freedom to say it, the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. One little, uh, well, it's not so much a little fact. Um, our current president, Barack Obama, mm -hmm. he happens to have the planet Saturn, which mm -hmm. is the ruler of Capricorn, Yes. in Capricorn when he was born, and it conjuncts the United States Pluto. <laughs> One of the things that became a buzz conversation in the world of astrologers um, back in 2008 when the elections were going on is you will find that there are many astrologers. It's a foundation of evolutionary astrology that reincarnation is natural yes. law. Yes. We don't get it right one time around. Yes. We give many opportunities till we get it right. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we become a Yogananda. Yes. And so the buzz with astrologers was that there were many who felt that Barack Obama was a reincarnation of Abraham Lincoln. Ah. And that's interesting. They looked at the charts and compared, or comparative, of course, with the evolutionary. And that's the bust he has in the Oval Office. And if you saw him on the campaign trail from his Senate office, he had a picture of Martin Luther King on his wall, and he had a picture of Abraham Lincoln on his wall. I mean, it was ironic the way he just, just, consensus society wow. would bring up the conversations with him and Lincoln. And of course, we look at Lincoln as the one who freed the slaves. Right. And so just look at the synchronicities that are starting to come around. But here's the real thing. If you start to study the monetary history of the United States, you will see that there were so many battles over the control of the money. Yes. And when Abraham Lincoln... Um, uh, went to war to free the slaves when the Civil War broke out. Yes. He and his financial advisors, the Greenback. That was a time period in the United States. Andrew, Andrew Jackson in 1838 abolished the second U.S. bank, which was owned and controlled by the European yes. private money interest. <laughs> And there was a squabble going on from 1938 all the way up to 1913 when they won out. Mm -hmm. And so back in the 1950s and 60s, uh, President Lincoln created the greenbacks. And that was the last time that the United States created a script, created the paper monetary supply wow. by the federal government at no interest, and that's how they financed the war in the North, because <laughs> they turned down the exorbitant interest rates of the European money interest. There are those who feel that Lincoln was assassinated for financial reasons. Mm -hmm. And so, because he dare, he dare cross, he dare cross the European, yes. Exactly. So here we are again, take it or leave it, but here we are again with Abraham, or it was uh, uh, Barack Obama yes. up for re-election. Yes. His Capricorn, his own sense of authority, conjunct the U.S. Um, Pluto and Capricorn. There are those in the metaphysical world who feel that he's come back to finish what he started. Uh, I see. The question is, does he have the courage? The second question is, will the people rise up and demand it? Very good. Can we educate ourselves enough financially? Truth is simple. Webofdebt.com. I can learn it. Anybody can learn <laughs> it. <laughs> we can understand monetary supplies. It's how we create money. It's not hard to learn. Don't be fooled by all the financial, financial terms out there today. So the more we can educate ourselves on a mass basis yes. with the public, the more we can rise up and demand it. Yes, and that's so worldwide. Take Excuse me, go ahead. That's worldwide. So we want everybody. Yes, yes. yes. we 
see that we, we, I mean, I'm focusing on the United States, but this is replicated all over the world. And if we go back to that Libya example, regardless of who the leader is, it's not who has the oil. If you will look, it's who has public central banking systems versus private. Well, on that note, what I want to say is you've given us a bulk of information, and that website was, what was it again, for the monetary knowledge that they needed? Webofdebt.com okay, or and uspublicbanking.org. And also, you can find Kim Marie and her own um, process of evolutionary astrology for your, how can I say, for your knowledge. You're doing the class right now on the Pluto and Capricorn that they can take uh, information from for how to gain that strength. At evolutionaryastrology.net? Correct. Okay. And this is the time in the show that I'd like to exchange to thank you so much for being on our show today and to share what I do as a professional psychic and to, to help the audience see the difference than a storefront gypsy, so to speak. So on that note, I'm going to ask to do a little mini reading on the air. And just to let you know, we're going to cover it. I actually am psychic, clairvoyant, clairaudient. I see in here. That means that I just use the astrology, tarot, numerology, palmistry, graphology, which I know very well, only as a third point of reference. But since very, very young, the guides have given me this, or I've brought this gift in. But I asked for proof, and years ago they gave me that proof. On top of all this, I literally see and hear the person's guide, guardian angel, so to speak. So they'll put me in your body. I'll see it through your eyes, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. They'll pull me out. I'll see you in the entire scene. Then they're talking and telling me things, and I like to confirm it because I'm always a hard and fast skeptic myself. And a person can get their own reading from me going on my website at InTheSecretGarden.com if they'd like the psychic reading as well. As uh, you can get your own mini reading on the air, just look and send me an email and we'll talk about that. So, Kimmery, do you have a question for me today? Uh, yes, I do. And, and may I ask a question for my sister? Please. This is my um, sister who's three years younger than me. She has just recently lost her job. And the question? And my question is, um, when can she look at being able to find her next job, her next career, you know, that works for her? She's in the accounting field. Okay, let's ask, will she find a fantastic job opportunity for herself between now and the end of the year, now and six months, three weeks? What time frame would you like or she like? Uh, between now and the next six months. Think it to the divine. You're not asking me, but in your own way, with love and respect to God, the universe, your guide, think of your sister's face and name in your heart, and asking them, will she find that between now and the next six months, a, a brand new position? And please say, stop shuffling whenever your heart says stop. Okay, the odd thing is um, we always pay attention when we're doing tarot here. I use the Toth deck always, but that's my favorite deck. But um, what happens is it's a very powerful deck, but when the cards flip out, they're demanding to be discussed or talked about. And the one that flipped out as I was shuffling while you were thinking of that question, Kim Marie, was <laughs> the tin of disc or coins or pinnacles. And what happens is that, for me, each reader reads it differently, shows me that there is money coming to her from the divine not just from her working, but unexpected from the universe. Not just bill-paying money, but i got to get nice stuff and, and, I can, and I can breathe a little easier. And here it is again. It shows me the Ten of, the ten of Pentacles or Ten of Discs in my deck. Um, but it does show me the answer is on the pathway headed between now and the next six months, you ask if she is. The answer is a maybe, and I don't want to leave you with that maybe, especially on the air here. But it does show me she's not getting very much sleep right now. We're going to cover this off the air because I'm going to turn this maybe into a yes or no. When I get a maybe, I would naturally yank it up and pull it up because there's reasons here in her thinking. They said it's not just positive thinking. She has no clarity, no focus right now. It does show me that she's going through emotional karmic testing and a tendency not to pass that test. And here she comes up in the next three weeks to the, to the next three months, career karmic testing that she's not passing as well. It shows me she needs to rewrite her script, but also rewrite that resume and CV to get it up to snuff. She thinks she can't. There's something in her that shows me a lack of self-confidence, a lack of self-esteem. But I want to say more millionaires were made during the last Great Depression than any other time of the century. So people have to pull up. There's always opportunity during a period of a downturn. It does show me that the divine is giving her information in her waking state. 
that she needs to listen and pay attention to that. Sorry, the, the waking state, the dream, the last waking dream is what I really mean to say. That waking dream is extremely important. She needs to open and please pay attention to it. It's extremely important. They're giving her hands-on directions, hands-on information that she needs to act on when she wakes up. Not just say it was a nice dream. It shows me here the Queen of Pentacles, so I know she has dominant Earth sign in her birth chart, Virgo, Capricorn, um, Taurus, Sun or Moon arising. Uh, but it does show me on the pathway headed. It's a maybe based on this thinking here that there's no happiness left that kind of thing and the loss was necessary so she's mourning that loss of job and other things in her life right now we're going to take the rest so we get a right answer off the air but i want to wish the audience all the best